City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome into the Buzzer Beaters podcast on the All Hornets Podcast Network. I am your host, Eric Barnes. And I'm your co-host, Atticus Ferguson. And today we're going to be diving into what we think the ideal rotations will look like mid-season after the news of the P.J. Washington signing. We kind of know what all the pieces are going to be, at least the core of the team, as we start the season here. And then in the second segment, we're going to get into Miles Bridges on Twitter or X. He mentioned that he would like to have some Bobcats throwback jerseys. What do we think of that? And also the Hornets announced that Gerald Wallace and Baron Davis, they will be a part of throwback nights this season. Um, So let's go ahead and jump into it, Atticus. I know you've got um, your notes there and and you prepared what your ideal rotation will look like midseason. Of course, you got the second overall pick, Brandon Miller, uh, inserted into this roster. So I'm sure he will have a big say. What do you have um, on your notes there? And, and what do you think uh, ideal rotation looks like for the Charlotte Hornets team this year? Yeah, Eric. So, you know, obviously, and to, to give a little bit more background here, you and I were talking before this and exactly kind of how we wanted to lay this out. And we're looking at kind of midseason because there's obviously a lot of factors uh, that are going to impact the starting lineup at the beginning of the season. You know, opening night, you won't have a guy like Miles Bridges who's used to starting there because he's going to still have 10 games left in that suspension he's facing. Um, and then obviously when he gets back from that, there may be a little bit of time where he's not starting because he may be ramping up. Uh, you've got Brandon Miller, the rookie, who's going to expect to play uh, relatively big minutes early on. But I think we were focusing on midseason because obviously Miles will have ramped up at that point. 
uh, Brandon Miller will kind of have his legs under him. Uh, so, you know, we were kind of looking at that midway point to really gauge what our ideal starting lineup would be. So for me, you know, I've got my five written down here and it'll be interesting. I don't think you're fully going to agree. And I, I'm not sure if this will be a, a popular one, but I'm going to try to make the case and see if I can get you on my side a little bit. All right, let's hear it. But to, so my ideal starting lineup midseason would be if everything's going how I'm hoping it will be, it will be LaMelo Ball. Brandon Miller, Miles Bridges, PJ Washington, Mark Williams. So the main reason for that is you're fully investing in the youth movement at that point. Uh, and not only the youth movement, but you're investing in the guys who are going to be a part of the organization long-term. I know Miles is on the qualifying offer, but ideally he comes out, plays this plays well this year, and you're looking to lock him up long-term, just as they were going to – be locking him up long-term last offseason uh, until the unfortunate off-the-court issues came to light. Uh, obviously, that put a pause on everything and, and resulted to, in the situation now where he's playing on the qualifying offer. But you know, the Hornets have shown you in the past they have an interest in bringing him in long-term. I think he'll come out this year and play well and get that long-term contract. But there's obviously at least a, a focus and an urgency to see how he fits the long-term picture. And I think that starting five gives you guys playing meaningful minutes getting a valuable experience and doing it together. And again, this is a core that you're looking to carry with you long-term moving deep into the future. Uh, obviously the names you're not seeing there that kind of jump off to you are Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward. Again, I know Terry's got some years left on his contract. He's always kind of involved in trade talks. The Hornets, you know, what shock you if they move him a little bit early. Gordon's on the last year of his contract. And I'd be pretty surprised if he's back, uh, you know, next off season when he's a free agent. So, you know, one, having those guys come off the bench, I think, to lead the second unit, that's a pretty lethal second unit when you get midway into the season. I also think for Gordon's sake, not to get too much into the second unit because we're focusing on starters here, but, you know, for a guy that struggles with staying healthy, I think having him in the second unit and playing a few less minutes may potentially, you know, aid him being able to play a few more games every season, right? Uh, and you're going to have some young guys in that second uh, course or that second group as well. Um, whoever it may be. So having another veteran out there with them uh, in Gordon and Terry would also be really helpful. But uh, outside of that, that's a sneaky, capable defensive starting five as well. You know, you, you look at you know where the Hornets struggle is defense and Steve Clifford's bread and butter is, is as being a defensive head coach, right? Well, Mark Williams has shown some ability to, to shot block and defend last year. Uh, obviously he's not a totally refined defender yet and he's a young guy and he's going to continue to have to excel to get better at that. And so hopefully he can one day excel there, but uh, you know, uh, a capable defender for his age and his size, PJ is obviously, you know, the most versatile defender on the team. You could argue he's the best defender, you know, him and Cody kind of have that argument. Miles Bridges is a capable defender. Uh, it's uh, someone who can put a body on a, on a you know, offensive player. Uh, Brandon Miller, obviously, we know he could guard in college. We'll see how that translates year one into the NBA. But uh, again, you know, Lamelo, he has his deficiencies, so not a perfect defensive starting five, but a sneaky, capable defensive unit on the floor there for a team that's really struggled with that. So, you know, I, I think midway through the season, if that's the starting lineup, and they're they're really going to get some valuable experience for the long term. Uh, and I don't think you're really compromising winning in the short term all that much, if if any. 
so I, I know I just threw a lot at you there, Eric. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on that? Before you give your starting five, kind of any thoughts on that? Anything you liked? Anything you disliked? Well, I'll kind of just piggyback off of that. So I would love to see that starting five out there. Uh, just that youth movement. Obviously, we're not winning an NBA championship this year, or at least the odds are very, very, very low. I wouldn't expect that to happen. So it would be nice to get those guys out there. And I would love to see Brandon Miller at the two. However, as much as I think he can play the two in the future, I do think they're really going to slow play it because you do have, of course, Gordon Hayward and Rozier like you talked about. And this guy didn't play last year, but you got to imagine that Cody Martin is going to end up getting minutes somewhere. And considering the type of defense he plays, playing for Coach Clifford, I wouldn't be shocked to find him in the starting lineup at certain points. Now, you mentioned Gordon Hayward and him coming off the bench. I do think at some point or another that's going to end up happening. Um, Now, the question is, who takes his spot? Is it going to be Miles at the three and Brandon Miller coming off the bench as well? Or is Miles going to move to the four with Brandon Miller coming in at the three? So it's I would love to see it. I don't know how likely that it is that it happens, uh, just because there are a bunch of guys that need minutes. And really – with Gordon Hayward, he is a guy, he's been around, he's got paid. This is the last year of his contract, so long-term. You're not really invested in him like that. Terry Rozier is the type of guy at playing the two. I mean, his his contract doesn't guarantee that he's going to be starting, but it is something that I think he's under contract for three or four more years. So is he going to be okay at his age moving to the bench? Uh, now, a lot of it just depends on do guys like Brandon Miller come in and are they just blowing it out of the water from day one to where you can't keep them off the floor? In my head, for Brandon Miller to to get starting minutes or become a starter, I think really – I mean, we don't hope for this, but I feel like an injury is going to have to happen, and he's just so good that you can't keep him off the floor. Um, now, your lineup, I would love to see that. For me, an interesting one I think of is LaMelo, Cody Martin – for the defensive reasons, you know, you have guys like LaMelo with Bridges back and even PJ and Mark, they kind of give you some sort of offensive punch. And of course, Gordon and and Miller are going to be mixing in, but I do like the idea of having your best defender out there, your best wing defender out there uh, to kind of balance, you know, LaMelo's deficiencies on the defensive end and stuff like that. So for me, this one is kind of a hot take. I would say it's LaMelo ball, Cody Martin at the two, Miles Bridges at the four. Actually, Miles Bridges at the four, Brandon Miller at the three. Uh, let's just say that he just comes in and he's a 40% shooter from day one. Um, I worry about him at the two in his rookie year, A, because of the lack of muscle he has, and B, yes, he he can move, but his lateral quickness staying in front of two guards in the NBA, like him trying to stay in front of Anthony Edwards, that concerns me a little bit, but – one LaMelo Ball, two Cody Martin, three Brandon Miller, four Miles Bridges, five, of course, you have Mark Williams. Yeah, and, and I don't hate that. Um, I, I do kind of agree with what you're saying about it, it's probably going to take an injury for Brandon Miller to crack the starting lineup. I mean, how many times have we seen something like that happen? I mean, LaMelo got his first career start with the Hornets because of an injury. I believe that was an injury to Devontae Graham. Correct. And he was so good, he just never left the lineup, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if that's how that has to happen either. Um, so one, one thing, let me go back to that again. 
you had you did not have PJ Washington in your starting lineup, correct? I did not. Interesting. Okay. So because earlier, well, and there's I, two reasons for that that I can get into. Yeah, so one, good. you locked him up. He got paid. You know whether he wanted more or, or not, it doesn't matter at this point. He's locked up through three years. He has his money. So as far as him being disgruntled of wanting to go out there and prove it, so he can make more money, he doesn't have to worry about that this year. True. And so that's number one. Number two, since PJ Washington has been with the Charlotte Hornets. And something that I've always loved about him, he's always been willing to sacrifice his game for the betterment of the team. So he's the type of player, and you can't say this about every player in the NBA, probably the majority of them. He's the type of player that, oh, I'm coming off the bench. That's fine. Whatever I need to do. His ego is not really going to get into the way of it. He is just focused on what can I do to help this team win? And if you consider – you have Miles Bridges. Of course, you have even Gordon Hayward. You have a young rookie, number two overall pick, and Brandon Miller, Terry Rozier. There's a good chance. You know, I mentioned Cody Martin, but there's a good chance Terry Rozier, as long as he's healthy, he doesn't leave the lineup all year long. So, for the first time, and it seems like forever, the Hornets of some sorts have a logjam of all these guys are good enough to command minutes, but where do you find them at? And that's going to be a, a big task for Clifford this year on how to balance all these guys and give them the minutes they need. So it's interesting. What I I think what you've kind of talked me over onto maybe is having Cody Martin starting at the two defense, for defensive purposes, just because Brandon Miller this year. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure how comfortable he's going to be guarding that two guard position, uh, but. Again, my kind of reasoning is having that youth movement and also just having guys play together as a unit who are going to be here long term. I guess something I didn't – maybe I did consider, but I didn't give enough consideration to earlier is that Cody Martin signed a contract extension uh, prior to last season. That's forgotten about a lot because he was hurt for pretty much the entire season last year. Um, so I guess, you know, obviously – you know, he could potentially be involved in a trade or something. But barring that, you know, he's kind of a part of your long-term uh, window here for the Hornets as well. So I guess if you inserted him into the starting lineup, you're still – you're not getting that quote-unquote youth movement quite as much because you don't have your, you know, number two overall pick. But you're still getting a lot of young players playing together with one another who are going to be here for the foreseeable future um, from what we can tell. So – You've kind of talked me into the Cody Martin thing there. I would still want to have PJ, Miles, and Mark there, however, for the kind of the same reasons as I outlined. That, that's kind of where I'm at. I could I could be willing to compromise the Brandon Miller part of that, although I am sure that he's going to be starting for stretches this season, whether it's because of injury or you know Clifford liking certain rotations that are playing well at a time. I, I would be shocked if Brandon Miller doesn't start a, a you know a solid handful of games this year, but. You kind of talked me into the Cody Martin starting over him midseason. Uh, well, and the when, great thing about Brandon Miller is, you know, of course we're talking about starters. A lot of this is going to come down to what type of minutes are these guys getting and are they on the floor at the end of the game. And I do think right. the great thing about Brandon Miller, and, and not to revisit the draft and Scoot Henderson, but the great thing about Brandon Miller even compared to Scoot Henderson, he's a guy that you can slot in, obviously, at the three. You could play him at the four. I mean, of course, he's a little thin to be playing the four, but he could definitely give you a few minutes there, especially if you're going small. And I know I mentioned earlier, I don't know how much, especially starting at the two this year, I don't know if that's in the cards, but 
I definitely think there's going to be moments and stretches on the floor where, again, he's giving you five, ten-minute stretch. Well, maybe not ten, but about a five-minute stretch at the two. So, yeah. with Brandon Miller, I think they're just going to kind of use him as that chess piece, and you can kind of plug him in anywhere, and he's going to be able to stretch the forward because that ability to shoot the ball at a high clip is going to be valuable whether he's at the two, the three, or the four. Yeah, somewhat similarly to how they use P.J. Washington as how they kind yeah. of put him all over the place. Uh, and, you know, he has the shooting, maybe not that we're projecting Brandon Miller to have, but, you know, he can obviously shoot the three ball. Um, kind of lost my train of thought here when I was going to go elsewhere. Well, and while you, oh, while you regather oh. that, is going back to your lineup, right, With of the youth yeah. movement, you have LaMelo, Brandon Miller, Miles Bridges, PJ, and Mark. I also would love to see that. One of the main reasons I don't think that it happens is because we all know the NBA, the locker room dynamics of how that works. I mean, not saying we all know it, but we all know it exists, and you have vets that are getting paid. I feel like I could see one of Gordon Hayward or Terry on the bench, but it's hard to imagine both of them on the bench. And with me saying that, I know I didn't have them in mind either. Uh, But I feel like if you do that, you're almost signaling that – you may not really be going after the playoffs. You're almost in a way like sort of tanking the season. Now, hopefully that's not the case if these guys are good enough, but it's just interesting to think about when you start thinking about the contracts, these guys, what these guys have done in the league, asking them to go to the bench for, you know, a 20 year old or or whoever it may be. But at the end of the day, if Brandon Miller comes in and he starts turning heads, like PJ mentioned on his hit with WFNZ uh, with Kyle Bailey, if he does that and you can't keep him on the floor, honestly, that's best case scenario because what do we want from the number two pick? We want a superstar. So hopefully he does come in and they can't keep him off the floor. But um, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see it play out. Yeah, and, and I think that was a good point to bring up about finishing games. Oftentimes, it, and I know obviously we're, we're talking about our ideal starting lineup, so this may seem counterintuitive, but – Sometimes it doesn't really matter who you're starting versus who you have out there in certain rotations once the game begins, and especially when the game finishes. Brandon Miller may not be a guy who starts a ton, but he may finish a lot of games, uh, especially in a scenario where you're um, prioritizing offense at the end of the game versus getting stops on defense. If it's a situation where the Hornets have a big lead late and they're looking to just get stops, they may just put Cody in uh, and favor him, whereas if the Hornets are – you know, down six with two minutes. Uh, and obviously you still need to get stops, but you've got to put some points on the board and got to have guys out there who can score the ball so the defense isn't just, you know, honing in on one or two guys. Maybe Brandon Miller gets the nod in those situations, you know, once he gets his legs underneath of him. So it, it'll be – that's kind of – we're getting a little off topic there with the finishing games, but it'll be interesting to see kind of how that develops. And, and I think there's kind of situations that would favor certain lineups other than the other. Um, well, and to speak and, on your lineup – you know, of LaMelo, Miller, um, Bridges, P.J., Mark. I'm sure we're definitely going to see that lineup at some point or another, right? And I can't wait to see it because the versatility you have in that lineup, you would have two great shooters at the one and two. You've got Bridges, who is one of the best rim pressure guys in the league. You have P.J., who's a jack-of-all-trade type of guy. And Mark Williams, I know a lot of fans are excited about Mark Williams. If you think back to Duke, his sophomore year is really when he made a huge jump and it's been well documented that he's a guy that works at his craft. Uh, uh, you know, he takes it seriously. He's a professional. So 
I'm interested to see what he looks like this year. And even last year when he was getting run, he still wasn't getting extensive run. He was maybe getting about 25 minutes a game last year. This year, I think we're going to see him more in that 30 minutes plus a game. Now, I still think Nick Richards is going to get his 18 to 25 minutes or so. So it may be more like 27 to 30, but especially when you have Miles Bridges there, I, I just can't wait to see this team play, man. I mean, it's an exciting time. As excited as I can remember to watch Charlotte Hornets basketball. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Well, one more thing I wanted to touch on that you said earlier too, Eric. Um, you know, I do have a hard time seeing them have both Gordon and Terry coming off the bench, even though, again, what we were giving is our ideal lineup, not a, a prediction for what we think right. it'll be midseason. Right. I do have a hard time seeing both of them come off the bench. Uh, but, but like I said, kind of in my intro rant there, I think there are scenarios where you could have my lineup or, you know, let's say you're, you're removing Brandon Miller for Cody Martin in there and, and you wouldn't be jeopardizing winning all that much, if at all, if they're all playing really well. And, and again, it's not like you're not playing Terry Rozier or Gordon Hayward. They're anchoring the second unit, which become, which then becomes pretty potent if, if those guys are healthy. I know both of them, most notably Gordon have had injury concerns, but that's a potent second unit if they're out there leading that man. So, you know, I, I don't know if you would really be sacrificing strength in the starting lineup, but even if you're giving up a hair on the starting lineup, it may bolster the second unit so much to where it balances out or even makes your team better. So it'll be interesting to see how Clifford and staff kind of play around with that and, and mix and match lineups like you know they will. But the good thing is, kind of to piggyback on how you were ending there, I mean, they've really got a lot of options, uh, a lot of The, the lineup versatility is – Yeah. I can't remember anything. You've got a rim protecting big – you got a jack of all trades for PJ. You got a rim pressure guy, Bridges. You got to do it all wing and Miller. You got an old vet wing and Hayward. You got a uh, professional scorer and Terry. You got the head of the snake, LaMelo. Um, as far as different ways that the Hornets can attack, this is by far the most talent they've had. Even two years ago when they were 43 and 39, we all knew the big issue with that team was just attack them down low. They can't stop you in the paint. Now with Mark and with the development of Nick Richards, uh, I'm just ecstatic to see these guys, like I said. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a much more complete team, not that they're a finished product or a yeah. complete team, but it's a much more refined product uh, on paper going into the season. No, I, I completely agree. Yeah. I'm stoked. Yeah, no doubt. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, now, I mentioned that that is, you know, some of the most versatility um, that I can remember a Charlotte team having. Well, now let's throw it back to the Bobcats. Miles um, Bridges, a couple weeks ago, he uh, he mentioned that he wanted to, to wear some Bobcats throwbacks, which for a lot of people that triggered online, you know, a lot of people didn't, weren't really huge fans of that. Um, so I thought it was cool. And I do think it could potentially be a cool thing, but what do you think about it, Atticus? Would you love to see some Bobcats throwbacks uh, in the Spectrum Center, or what's your take on it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I have a little bit of a bias towards this because, you know, like many of us, you know, when I grew up rooting for the Charlotte NBA team as a kid, when I first got into it, that that was the Bobcats, not the Hornets, right? So I grew up being a Charlotte Bobcats fan. You know, I loved the brand, the team name, and everything at the time because it was all I knew. Uh, so I didn't have the negative connotation of or in the negative, um, you know, history and experience of the Hornets being taken away and then them coming back when the new Orleans has the name, right? I didn't live through all that, but I've always thought that the Bobcats name and brand has been vastly overhated. Right. Uh, and I get, there's different reasons, you know, people don't like Bob Johnson, the former owner of the Bobcats and they felt like he named the team after that himself. Um, but I've always felt like it, it was overhated. Again, I have a bias because that's the team I grew up rooting for. But I've since the Hornets came back, it's always been in the back of my mind that I want a Bobcats throwback night. Right. Personally, well, you know the thing is, is that if they would have had more success winning last back then, nobody would have cared what the name was or, or even the color scheme. Which your color scheme, I didn't hate it, but right. When, when you're putting out a bad product, it, that's and then the this the. Bobcats and the connotation with Bob Johnson, it just builds. And I think that's why a lot of people, it's like, oh, the Bobcats. It's just funny because I, and I agree with everything you just said, but it's funny because us Hornets fans as a whole, not everyone, not myself, we act like we're above the Bobcats name and memories as <laughs> if we have shaken that funk off of ourselves. We are like, this is still very much Bobcat esque our experience since getting yeah, as our experience as fans and the organization. Whoa, man, we made the play in a couple years ago. Let's show <laughs> some respect here. <laughs> it's, it's just the fan base acts like it's above the whole Bobcats lore. It's right. like, what has the organization to do to shake that funk off of, off of the team, the organization and kind of the, the city itself. Right. So first of all, that, that always cracks me up. Like, Oh, the Bobcats, they were so awful. It's like, this is this is Bobcats and purple and teal is what it's been. Now, granted, the Hornets had success when they were first in Charlotte, right? So you can you can hear the Hornets name and associate some actual success and tangible results with that. 
I understand that and I'm not denying that. And obviously the hope is to build upon that and, you know, become something greater, something reach a level that the Bobcats never came close to. It's just funny. That's just a, a funny little rant I had to go on that. It's funny that people right. act like that. You know, the fan base is above that now. Yeah, for me, for me, I'm kind of on the flip side of it. When I first saw that, I was like, I was much like most people online. I'm just like, dude, let's just leave the history, you know, the bad parts of it. Let's leave it in the past. I'm trying to move on to hopefully bigger and better things. <laughs> um, but then again, on the flip side, like, you know, if there's a night or two, three games of year where you're wearing Bobcats jerseys, there's 82 games. I mean, I'm not the type that's going to kick and scream over that. And, you know, it would be pretty cool. Um, they did have some pretty cool jer- jerseys back in the day. I know at one point, I think they had like, you know, for Charlotte, you know, Charlotte's like the race hub of the world, basically. So they had like the the checkered line, the, the checkered flag on the side. I thought those were cool. Um, some of the jerseys toward the end were, were cool. So it would be kind of cool just to acknowledge that that period and, and not bury it all the way down. But for the most part, I'm kind of like, let's just move forward, especially these new jerseys we got now, the new ones they just dropped a, a couple weeks ago. I mean, those are there's, those are beautiful. So um, and, and all of our jerseys. I love the, the pinstripes we have, uh, the white and, and the light blue. I mean, I, I just really like the branding that we have going now. So ideally, I would like to see that as much as possible compared to Bobcat stuff. Yeah, so my thing is, from a personal standpoint, what I what I would like, I'd be perfectly fine with them doing it as soon as this year. What I think yeah. would be maybe smart is to – and maybe it's been long enough, but you see online the the fan reaction is uh, – I would say very split, but I feel like a lot of the fan reaction is negative towards anything associated with the Bobcats uh, branding and bringing that back into the fold. Maybe it's smart to wait longer until – you know, the Bobcats name has been gone. I know it's been gone a while, but maybe you wait until it's, you know, 15, 20 years. Right. Since it's well, how about this? Miles wanted it, right? Hey, Miles, yeah. you want to wear Bobcats throwbacks? We only need you to do one thing and one thing only. Get us into the playoffs, not the play-in. If you make it to the play-in, you know what? That's fine. As long as you get us to a seven-game playoff series – hey, you can wear Bobcats jerseys half the season next year for all you want. I just want to see some sort of success from this team, a team that I do think is finally gathering the talent to have that success. Yeah, I mean, if they go to a seven-game series and, like, win a couple games, they can they can show up wearing uh, Harley I mean, Cotter's jerseys. That's for the thing. All. Right now, Charlotte's – our standards – their Charlotte's standards isn't that high, you know – they're yes. just looking for a playoff berth. We're not even looking to advance. We just want to get to the dance. Just get us to the dance. Right. And then yep. you can wear Bobcats all you want. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I think one day it's going to happen because here's yeah. the here's the thing. You, you look at the popularity in like vintage clothing and apparel now, just like yeah. on the street and like all the leagues are embracing it. The NBA and you know, the N, N, NFL, NHL, all these different leagues are embracing it. But 50 years from now, at some point, there's going to be a Bobcat sign. Because eventually, you know, this is an exaggeration, but 50 years from now, it's going to be cool to have Bobcats gear and have a Bobcat throwback tonight. Because it's such a objectively short and small amount of time that that team name was around. Yeah. Yeah, it'll happen eventually. But I, I am someone who thinks it should happen sooner. You know, again, I think there's right. people like me who became fans of the team when the Bobcats name were around. I think it's kind of a nice nod to that 
kind of era there. And it's a nice nod to the fact that that's that was the name of the team when they came back. But I think there's a way to do it. Like, so for instance, today, you know, we're recording today on Thursday, the uh, 7th of September. Uh, Rod Boone put out a tweet that the Hornets this year are going to have uh, Baron Davis come and be honored at halftime of a game and a that's separate awesome. game. Yeah. And then a separate game, they're going to have Gerald Wallace. So I think it's great one that they're kind of bringing back legends from the past, especially legends from the Bobcats era. I think the way you would pull it off and you could get a lot more of the fan base on board with it is if you bring multiple legends from the Bobcats era. So for instance, I think the non-negotiables would be Gerald Wallace, Emeka Okafor, Big Al, maybe bring in like a Raymond Felton, especially because, you know, UNC guy. So again, that's more kind of pandering to the locals there. Hey, uh, these ties run strong, baby. Yeah, you could you could debate bringing in a Stephen Jackson and Jason Richardson. Um, you know, they weren't there for as long, but really good players for the Bobcats when they were. Um, so, you know, you could you could debate yeah, those guys. The list of, back. Of, of hot, sorry to interrupt you there. I was just going to say, sorry, sadly, the list of, you know, legend Bobcats isn't, you know, extensively long. It's not quite the Los Angeles Lakers, right? So, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I th- th- just go off what you're saying. I do think that's awesome. And really, I I have no way of knowing this. I don't know this for a fact. But what Rod announced today, I do think that's a sign of something the new owners are doing because that isn't anything we have seen recently. We haven't seen them bring in alumni and kind of honor them at games. So I do like that from Rick Schnall and Gabe Plotkin because I assume that that's kind of their idea. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean. I I think that that's going to be something you continue to see them do is bring in kind of old guys. I mean, the Hornets, there's so much history, and, and people love the Hornets' history, with whether it's the old starter jackets or the old teams from back in the day. You don't really see them bringing a ton of alumni around other than you've got Del Curry working for Bally and doing the games. You see Muggsy Bogues around here and there. But you don't see a ton of multi-generation um, acknowledgement. So I, I, I think – Again, to circle back to the Bobcats thing specifically, the way you would do that is bring back the kind of like what you alluded to, the small handful of legends or beloved Bobcats players from back in the day uh, and kind of have a Bobcats night uh, and wear some of the old cool Bobcats jerseys. Uh, Personally, the NASCAR night one was my favorite, but that may be too much of a niche one. They might just do one of the old pinstripes. Uh, I'd be on board with that as well. I think that's how you pull. I think that's how you pull off a, a throwback Bobcats night and get the fan base as on board with that as you possibly can. Some people are always going to be against doing anything Bobcats related, but I think that'd be pretty special. And personally, as someone who again who's biased towards enjoying, actually kind of liking the Bobcats brand, right? Uh, I would love that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's awesome. And, and just again, the the alumni, uh, I love them doing that because you want guys to come into your organization and. Obviously, they play for the organization, hopefully for a long time and have great success. But then once they're done playing, you don't want it to just be like, oh, they're they're never, you know, we're done with you. Like, you're never coming around again. You want to make it that kind of family feel. And hopefully, uh, whether it's this year, the next few years with this young team, hopefully the Hornets start having some success. And in 10, 15, 20 years, it'll be guys like LaMelo Ball, Brandon Miller, PJ, I mean, Miles only has a year left on his deal, but maybe Miles coming back to be honored in, in the future. So I think that's something great to, to start now, especially considering the young talent that you have on the roster and kind of moving into this new era with these new owners. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing, too, 
uh, that I think is good for that. You know, you bring those guys back into the fold. You know, obviously it's a nice moment for the fans who are at that game, but really what it does is it kind of reestablishes a rapport with a lot of the great players that you've had play for your organization in the past. Uh, and then you can get them involved in a multitude of ways, whether that's, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, really big picture, really big leap, maybe some guys, you know, take a role within the organization somehow, or, you know, take some sort of uh, role with the team. But, uh, you know, on a smaller scale, you just get them back and kind of in the good graces of organization. And a lot of these guys, you know, the, the little dirty little secret about Charlotte pro sports in general is that guys love playing in Charlotte. I mean, you yeah. can't, there's so many guys who play for, whether it's the Panthers, the Hornets, who move their families here and stay here long-term after their playing days. Like Charlotte, people, people in the national media have this lazy narrative that no one wants to go play and live in Charlotte. Guys love living in Charlotte. And I, I think you kind of bring these stars back around who people grew up watching, who you know have names that are recognizable and say like, Hey, yeah, you know, kind of get them back nostalgic and talking about their days playing here in Charlotte. It's like, you know, I love being in Charlotte. A guy like Gerald Wallace, you know, he's not a LeBron James level star, but Gerald Wallace was a high level NBA player who was in an all-star game in a dunk contest. You bring around enough guys like that, a uh, Baron Davis, to talk about how much they love playing in Charlotte. It, it, it continues to try to further eliminate that lazy narrative that stars don't want to live in or play in Charlotte. Right, right. I think my first recollection of Gerald Wallace, this is random, so listeners just bear with me here. <laughs> it was playing NBA Street. What a game, right? What a game. But Gerald Wallace and I'm like, you know, at the time, I don't know how old I am. Let's just say seven, eight, or nine or something like that. And I'm like, dang, Gerald Wallace, he plays for my team, Charlotte. Like, that's great. You know, I, I didn't know. And, yeah, so that that's how I found out about Gerald Wallace. And then I know I saw a couple weeks ago, you know, the numbers that he put up, especially in that era. Oh, my God. If, if the Hornets could have a guy like that now – he is exactly what the team needs. But to, to wrap it up, you know, it, it is great to see guys like like Gerald coming back and, and Baron Davis as well. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously I wasn't a fan during the days of Baron Davis, but I think it's great to kind of have a nod to that generation and, and get him back involved, especially, you know, they had him involved in the uh, promotion video they were doing with him and LaMelo to promote the, uh, the throwback jerseys that they're releasing for this yeah. upcoming season. Uh, so just getting as many legendary, iconic Charlotte former players involved yeah. in the world as possible, it's great. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it gets it gets the fan base nostalgic. You know, guys think about, hey, you know, this. You know, I remember watching Gerald Wallace growing up. I remember watching Baron Davis back in the old Hornets. Uh, yeah. It's just a way to kind of reengage multiple generations of Hornets players and fans. I, I think it's a smart move. I don't know if the new ownership – Kind of like you were mentioning, I don't know if they're the ones pushing this or whoever is, but I, I think hats off to them. I, I'm I'm hoping to see that this will be a trend that they're going to continue, and these are the first dominoes to fall. I have to imagine it is, uh, but but I'm hoping to see them continue to do this. I'd love to see guys like Emeka Okafor, Big Al. Uh, I, I don't know how I didn't mention Kimba earlier for the Bobcats Legends. I know he was Bobcats and Hornets, and, and obviously he hasn't right. retired yet, so maybe it'd be premature. But at some point, the Kimba Walker – uh, you know, recognition and, and the Kimba Walker nights, things like that in the future will, will be great. And, and I think the Hornets haven't done as great a job of that in the past as they should, minus a few events here and there, like when they brought the team name back. But going forward, if we can get more of those, I, I think that would be yeah. great. Anyway, just to build a, a stronger emotional connection with your fan base. I mean, that's never a bad thing. Um, 
Before we get out of here, just quick hitter. Um, the day we're recording this, this is the day that the Kai Jones stuff kind of popped up on uh, on Twitter or X. Um, man, Kai Jones. I mean, I feel like he means so well. I don't know what's going on there, but hopefully he can get that figured out. But as we see here today, that's probably the most recent noteworthy Hornets news at the beginning of September before training camp begins and all that. So hopefully that's just a little blip on the radar. Uh, it it didn't look great. So hopefully if there is anything going on, hopefully he can get and, that. And, you know, do you want to kind of get some context for the people who may not have seen it, what you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, he was he was up there. It looked like maybe it was later in the evening, and he, he had dripping. He had sweat dripping from his from his forehead, um, and he was kind of rambling, talking pretty fast. Um, uh, but but yeah, it, it didn't look great. Um, and and obviously, with everything the Hornets have had to go through the last couple of years with with off the court issues with various different players. Hopefully, at some point, we can put an end to that. So, hopefully, that's something that that can get nipped in the bud pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, it, it looked like he was on Instagram Live kind of rambling, acknowledging some people, you know, on Instagram Live. You can comment live on on people's uh, videos, and, and they may read it and respond to it. And it looked like he was just kind of acknowledging some a comment about Charlotte trading him. He was like, oh, I don't think they would do that. He was talking like this, like, accent i'm not sure what the vibe he was going for there and i don't want right. to misassociate the accent he was going for or whatever he was doing but yeah it was just an unusual video i mean kai's always been an eccentric guy and i think that that's what draws you to him he has that really right. likable personality he's very flashy he's out there and he's a little different but again kind of an eccentric um uh, appealing endearing way so he's always right. been kind of uh, out there this was a little weird this was like you know talking about your team you don't think that the team is going to trade you. Like it's probably inappropriate for you to be discussing that on a forum like that uh, in such an unusual manner. Hopefully it was just him kind of hyped up on sugar or something. Um, Well, and like you said, he is kind of eccentric. He's kind of his own guy, maybe a little goofy here or there. Mm -hmm. Who knows what was going on, but hopefully we don't see anything quite like that moving forward. Um, and, And Kai, I mean, he just, I mean, he's driven with potential, but it's just got to get to work and really just that feel for the game. And and if that's how you're spending your evenings, I don't know. I don't know if that's really making you any better. And he's kind of at that point in his career. He's, it's like a fork in the road. Is he going to go left or is he going to go right? So, I don't know. just wanted to touch on that real quick because that is something that dropped today as we record this. But um, uh, we, We've reached the old man yelling at clouds portion of the <laughs> hey, let, less less time on instagram live and more time watching film guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah no doubt man no doubt no doubt all right well i think we'll close it out there uh it's been a good conversation for you know end of august early september uh but atticus man appreciate you joining me all you listeners appreciate you guys of course um go follow the twitter uh buzzer beaters the the handle is a underscore hornets underscore pod um, you know, we've been posting stuff there. I know Atticus has been heading most of that up. You know, I'll chime in here or there. But, yeah, just go give us a follow. You know, we'll post, um, you know, clips there, kind of letting you know when when the podcast is out and, and just anything going on with the Hornets, you know, we'll, we'll be commenting uh, right there on that platform. But, um, yeah, appreciate you guys joining us, and we'll see you next time.